Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Martha, talk about I Work For Him Radio Roundtable. What are we trying to accomplish here on Fridays? Well, you know, we just really think that this is a great time for those that are listening or maybe have um, had an experience. I was just thinking about even I would love to hear Bible verses that maybe inspire people in the morning and encourage them to stay strong and to be encouraged and to fight the good fight, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, scripture that people maybe um, memorize or put on a screensaver on their computer or whatever they may do to help them keep Christ at the center of what they're doing at work. But it's it's a platform for that to happen, for us to hear from people that are living this every day. All right, so call into the call into the studio line now. Operator is sitting by right now. Joe Weaver's waiting to answer your phone call. 877-943-9673. You know what? When they used to say operators are standing by, do you think any of them were ever standing? I really don't think so. People were lying all those years. They were lying. Now Joe is standing up just for us. 877-943-9673. We want to hear from you. How is the Lord using you in your workplace? How is the Lord using you? What is it? What is a um, you know, like Martha said, a scripture verse that you use to keep yourself grounded in work, or maybe you've got a question. How do I put I work for him to work in my workplace? Whatever it is. Yesterday we had a ninja warrior, America ninja warrior. He goes by <laughs> Hunter Hunter Sipes. He's Kingdom Ninja. That's right. We had him on on Monday. We had a guy. Uh, maybe you have a question about some of the shows this week. We had a guy named Reggie McNeil who wrote a book called uh, Kingdom Come. 
And it was all about, hey, the mission of the church is not to build up the church, it's to build up the kingdom. And we need to get outside of the walls of the Ford Church to actually talk about it. Yes. But I had a verse of scripture that was something that I used to use uh, in my in my office. I, I thought, you know, sometimes I, I let my, uh, I don't know, pride get in my way. I sometimes think a little more highly of myself than I ought. And uh, so one day I, uh, I, I, I looked up that verse of scripture and I believe it's Romans twelve three, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm not a great uh, great Bible reference guy, but let me just see uh, Bible Gateway to verse of Romans twelve three. As it comes up, as, for the grace for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And I put that on my screensaver. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, because a lot of times when you're a manager and you start to think, well, you know, I'm the boss. I should have control. And God, that's not what Paul's talking about. I mean, Paul says, hey, we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Yeah, I think that that can always get us in trouble when we start to have confidence in ourselves alone and think that we've got everything in under control and in our grasp, that that is when we tend to learn what our shortcomings really are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got plenty of shortcomings, but it was just a good reminder. I just set my screensaver just to remind me, hey, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Well, and, and let me just add to that. The, the translation that I memorized that verse in, it said, but think of... Not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but think with sounded judgment. And you, yours said sober judgment. So I thought but they meant just, just that, don't be drinking when you're doing it. Well, I think it should be so. Well, sober can be be very serious. But I think when I heard the word sound judgment, it's like, boy, that's good. That is, you know, you when you go to somebody for advice, you want sound judgment. Hey, you know, I got stopped in church the other day, and a friend of ours, Bobby, said he was going to call in and ask us a question on the I Work From Radio Roundtable. Hey, Bobby, if you're listening out there, call in 877-943-9673. If you're out fishing, well, I suppose you can't call when you're out fishing because you're not listening to the show. 877-943-9673. We invite you to call in and just, hey, share one of, one of three things. A Bible verse that keeps you going each and every day. A, a story of how God's used you in your workplace. Or number three, maybe a question you have for us. Martha, we got a question. And this is something that I can relate to. I, I, I heard this question before. I heard this question. I thought of myself in past jobs before I really understood that my workplace could be my mission field. Jim, I, I have really made a lot of mistakes at work with my behavior that I now know were just plain simple wrong. How can I ever be a good example for Jesus? Now I kind of feel like I should just quit my job and start a new job where nobody knows how, what a screw up I've been in the past. <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) I can totally relate to this because there's a lot of places I would like to go back and be like, oh, boy, if I could redo that one. But I think it it, sometimes we'd think, you know, it would be easier just to go start over somewhere fresh as opposed to doing it going back. But here's, here's the way I would recommend it. You know, God often places us in our workplaces specifically because there's people there that we can minister to. And there are people there that can relate to the sin issues that we are suffering from. And God always uses those experiences in our lives to enrich and help other people because we can speak from experience. So my challenge to you, listener, is that if you already feel like you've made too many mistakes and you're afraid to tell people you're a Christian because of how bad your witness has been up to this point in time, the best way to get started, just apologize to people. Ask their forgiveness and and 
just start that way. Show them that your behavior change is genuine. And, you know, I was reading a book last night. Martha gave it to me. And uh, uh, in this book, the waiter in this book, every time he it was a new Christ follower. <laughs> this was, is good. It was Pirate Joe, right? That was yeah. his name, Pirate Joe. Every time he screwed up, uh, he uh, at work, he put a dollar in a jar. It was. He called it his Jesus jar, and all that money was going towards uh, funding. It was actually quarters because you could hear it. At least later in the book, that's what it talks about, because you can hear the the jingling of the money getting thrown in there. <laughs> okay. But every time he messed yes. up, he put, a, he put a dollar in this jar. Yep. Martha's saying a quarter, but I yep. swear it's at a dollar. We'll, okay. have to, we'll have to find the book. <laughs> every time he messed up. So my recommendation would be, you know, just look back. And if you've offended and sinned against people at work, just ask for forgiveness. They may not, ex- you know, extend it right away, but... You've got to forgive yourself for making those mistakes. You need to ask their forgiveness and then just start living life real. And I always just tell people, you know, when I, I've got people, new people working for Martha and I right now, and I, I've gone around to every one of them and say, listen, I'm going to mess up. Someday I'm going to offend you. Someday I'm going to sin against you. Someday I'm just going to say something that I really shouldn't have said. I just need you to make sure that if I don't recognize it right away, that you just tell me. That you tell me I've I've hurt you, so I've got an opportunity to ask forgiveness right away because I don't want anything to fester. But so I, I do that right up front. But I'm really trying to make sure I'm on top of it and telling people. Well, and I think or, what what you said as a suggestion about you know apologizing and kind of drawing a line in the sand. I think that's great advice because just like other areas of our life where we learn, maybe we learn that we haven't been following the tax rule properly, and you learn it. And you're going to change the way you do things. You go to your employees then and you say, hey, I didn't realize we were doing this wrong. We're going to do it right. And moving forward, this is what we're doing. And we're fixing what we've done in the past and moving forward. It's the same thing with understanding how we um, are to act in the workplace in a Christ-like manner. And, And just saying, you know what? I didn't realize what I was doing and how it was hurting my you guys, my people or my coworkers, whatever you whoever they are, and just drawing that line in the sand and just saying, you know what, I don't want to be that way anymore. And forgive me and hold me accountable. I think those are great, great suggestions. All right, and we're talking today about this is a question sent in from a listener that said, Hey, I've really made a lot of mistakes at work. Hey, I, and let me just say Call into the studio line if you've got a question or a statement or of faith or maybe a Bible verse that you want to share that inspires you at work. 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. Anyway, the, the, the uh, uh, question was, hey, I've really made a lot of mistakes at work with my behavior and, and, and now know that they were just wrong. How can I ever be a good example for Christ now in the same workplace? Should I just go get a new job? And the answer is no, of course not. So if you've made a lot of mistakes, the best place to start is with your super supervisor and just and just go and say i'm done with the guy or gal that i used to be i'm starting a new leaf my life in christ has changed and i realize i've offended you i haven't necessarily been the best example in my workplace i just i want a new start would you give me another chance and then you go around to the, all the people in the workplace that you've offended and just apologize don't expect them to respond with shouts and dances and big hugs they're probably going to look at you skeptically like whatever like you're really going to change because maybe you've made a lot of mistakes, but it's okay. One of the greatest examples for Christ is those people who looked one way and they met Christ and they were radically different. Take Zacchaeus, for example. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. We were talking about the IRS here just a second ago, making tax uh, deductions on people's paychecks. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He ripped people off. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ and his life was never the same. 
But people are always going to be skeptical at first. They're going to go, really? You're really going to change? No, you can't change, but the Holy Spirit living in you can enable you to change. And that's what really makes a difference. But it starts with the attitude of, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus. Those are those are powerful words. And being a believer in second chances and um, allowing that for other people, too. If you're expecting them to give you grace and say, you know, I'm going to... Um, I'm turning a new leaf, and I just trust that you will hold me accountable to that, then you need to do the same for those around you that may fall into those same footsteps and say, you know what, I want to I be a different person too, and giving them a second chance. Well, one of my favorite sayings now, and I, and I adopted it, and I wish I knew where it came from, but I, I think I found it on Facebook. Ooh, I found some on Facebook I repeat all the time. Stop judging people just because they sin differently than you. As Christians, it's so easy to point, well, that's the whole Jesus log splinter thing. I mean, I mean, that's what his point was. You know, you're, you're worried about the splinter in your brother's eye and you got a whole telephone pole coming out of your own. Stop judging people, other people, just because they sin differently than you. I mean, it's so powerful. No, I wanted to add some perspective to this question that we've been talking about. And it was, I've really made a lot of mistakes at work with my behavior that I now know were just wrong. How can I ever be a good example for Jesus now? And I want to take a little turn on that because something that I have been experiencing for the last six weeks or so is that I am leaving my job um, that I have been at for eight years at the at the bookstore and to go into work full time with you, Jim. And I've been very retrospective on how I have been and are there things that had I had I known that my time with some of my employees was going to be short like it was, you know, because some of them came in later or um, than others that have worked for me for a long time, would I have acted differently? And it's just been something, so kind of the same kind of a question. So if you, if you ask yourself, am I acting today in my job the way that I want to leave with in good um in good position with everybody, am I acting in a way that is honoring to God? And so just taking that turn and and making it personal. So you may not be like this person where they feel like, oh man, everything I did was, or I did a lot of things that were really not Christ-like. How do I fix that? But just even checking yourself and saying, you know, am I doing the things today that give God the honor. If I were done with my job, if you, if for some reason you had to give a two week notice and you were going to be done, would you be? Because my whole goal with leaving the bookstore has been to do it, to transition well, to leave well, and that Im- that involves being in a position where I feel like the things that I have done are leaving in a God honoring way. So just it just was a perspective that hit me, and I just thought, you know, for people that are in a job and you never think about there being an end to it. Um, what, how are you checking yourself to make sure that you're honoring God in the things that you do? Well, I think it's great perspective because we, we never, we all don't know when we're leaving a job mm-hmm. unless you're thinking about it right now. But the big key is, is to make sure when you're leaving, people beg you to stay. Because if they're, if when you give your resignation, they're like, sweet, then maybe you didn't leave the right example. <laughs> I mean, but if people beg you to stay, then maybe you really did. I mean, you want well, to make not sure. Even, not even just beg you to stay, but they 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 know that the legacy that you've left right. has been a good one and that you've made a good impact and you've done the things that God has called you to do. I mean, that's for sure. 
Yeah. It's so important that we really focus on what kind of example are we leaving for Christ? Because you never know the last day you're going to be in, a, a chance to be in front of people. Because that's the whole idea. Our workplace is our mission field. And in that mission field, and it could be whatever you do. It doesn't matter what you do. You might be a flight attendant. You might be a pilot. You might be a grounds crew worker. You might be a, somebody that digs ditches, hangs uh, electrical lines. You might be somebody that sells used cars. You might be an attorney. Whatever. It doesn't matter. An American ninja. America Ninja Warrior. That's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do, the Lord can use you there, and it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Hey, call into the studio line now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. If you've got a question on how do I make this I work for him thing work, or maybe a verse that get, inspires you into the office, or maybe a testimony on how God's working in your life, that would be a fantastic thing. We'd love to hear from you. So just uh, give us a call. So, Martha, as I was, uh, I had a conversation this week with a pastor from a local church. And we were talking about I work for him, and we were talking about, um, hey, we've got a caller. I'll just, all right, we, uh, I'll come back to that question in a second. Okay. We've got Alec here on the phone. Hey, Al, welcome to I work for him. Hey, good evening, good afternoon. This is Alec here. And I was calling, just listening to the broadcast, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not a regular listener. I was actually flipping through the stations. And what I noticed, or rather what I wanted to share was Colossians 3 and 23. And this is something that I live out in the workplace, and it says in New Living Translation, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than people. And the reason why that's very impactful for me is because I can spend all my time talking about Jesus at work because I want people to become saved and know that Christ is, is the Lord, and my work can fall by the wayside, and I'm doing a terrible job. So right. for me, I, I made sure that my lifestyle and work, and as I'm working, was resembling and is representative of how Christ would want us to have it look. And at the same time, that right there is drawing people. Why are you working? Why? Because I'm being prudent. I'm being trying to work diligent and excellent in what I do as to give glory unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Alec here, thank you so much for sharing that. How, how do you put that into practice each and every day in your workplace? What, what do you do? I'm going to make sure that my I's are dotted, my T's are crossed. And one of the biggest things is sometimes you don't cross a T on purpose because that allows you to show humility. It allows you to say you're not trying to be a perfectionist. It allows you to see that you don't have it all perfect together because none of us do. And I can humble myself and say, you know, I messed up. How do I fix this? Oh, thank you so much. So now you're inviting people into your circle at the same time when you know you could have even done something better. But at the same time, staying humble and allowing yourself for correction anyway is one of those ways that I allow that to be put in place. Well, Alec here, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for listening to I Work For Him. I challenge you to listen in every day. We're every, every day from 3 to three to 4 o'clock right here on Faith Talk 570 and 910 right here in Tampa Bay. Thank you so much for tuning in and for calling in. And thank you very much for accepting my call. I'm, I'm programming it on my radio now. Very good. Very good. <laughs> thank you very much. Perfect. I love the word he said, diligent, being diligent in his work. And that just, that's a great word because I think we can, we all can do that. We can put diligent in play. No, I love that diligent and, and you know my words are always intentional. I love that intentional thing that we're that we're really being intentional with our faith in our workplace. That to me is just so important that we actually make it I, I so many so many people just 
they get haphazard, they get lazy, they get comfortable, they can't see the forest for the trees anymore in their workplace. And and we need to we need to be looking for ways each and every day. We need to reset our minds every day we walk into the office because it's so easy to just get caught up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and, and you know, I was struggling yesterday and today. We had long; both of us had very long days. You traveled to Minneapolis and back yesterday. I had a sixteen-hour workday, and it's hard to reset this morning when I can barely drag myself out of bed. But to recognize it, it, it we don't know who we're going to run into today. We've got an opportunity to, to impact people for Christ everywhere we go. It's so important that we that we're intentional and we're looking for ways to pray with people and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, the other night when we went to the baseball game. Tuesday. Baseball game. Oh, you mean that night where we went and saw the Twins play the Rays? Uh, yeah. The one... And the Twins won 11-7? Yes, it was a very high-scoring game. It was. There was absolutely no pitching in the game, but my Twins won that night. Oh, they won the next night. I know they lost last night, but they felt bad for the Rays. There you go. Uh, Paul Porter's okay, going so to call in the show. I wasn't trying okay. to have a oh, sports okay. moment here. Paul Porter's going to call and go, hey, what's the deal? No, let's, I'm a Twins fan. There you go. No, but it was neat because we met a couple. We were eating some great stadium food before, we were praying for our food and we were praying for our food and he and the this couple sitting next to us because we had to share a picnic I believe his table name was larry they had just moved to florida and um were settling in and and he made a comment about it being great to see people, people um, still pray for still praying meals. for their meals even in that situation and it just led to a great conversation with somebody else who who was looking for ways to um share christ out in public. And that was just a really neat, you know, just a simple, simple um, opportunity for him to engage in the conversation. He could have just thought and said, oh, that was really nice because that's not why we were doing it. But um, he verbalized what he was thinking and we had a great conversation. It was a hilarious conversation. Able to encourage yeah. each other. It, it was it was very encouraging. They moved down from Maine, from, and, which is from, way I believe it was colder. Bar Harbor, Maine, or Bahaba, <laughs> Bahaba, Maine. Moved down to Sebring, if I think it was. And mm-hmm. and so if they're tuning in tonight, thanks for it was great to meet you the other day at the baseball game. And it was it was such a great crowd the other night at the stadium because it wasn't it wasn't packed crazy full because apparently People love the Rays, but they don't like the Twins. So they didn't want to see the Twins play the Rays. There were lots of Twins fans. There was there. a lot of Twins fans, but it was it was just fun to sit down at the table. There was nowhere else to sit, and and so the grandkids and Martha and I we sat down, and I had a foot long hot dog, and and we just, I said, well, okay, we got to pray, and and we did, and people were like, wow, that's really encouraging. To see people pray, and then a great great conversation. We didn't know they were Christians. We were just doing what we do and thanking the Lord for the food, and you know, even though it was like eighty dollars for a foot long hot dog, but it was a really good hot dog. It was worth it. It was well, it was definitely worth it. Great memories were made. That's right. That's right. And we got a game. We got a practice ball, too. That we was pretty did. cool. It All was right. awesome. So we just finished up answering the question that a listener had emailed in. And you can email us anytime during the week, even right now, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkthenumberforhim.com. Or Martha at iworkforhim.com. And I will try to stay on top of my emails. The easiest way during the show, though, would be as if they would go to our Facebook page and comment on today's show, um, then I then it will actually pop up. Because I do ask for them every Friday. I'm looking for people to call in or post something that we can uh, ask a question about. And then I did just post during the show a picture of Joe actually standing, standing by. That's right. It was great. <laughs> hey, I want to thank Alec here for calling in today and quoting us that scripture, Colossians 3, 23 and 24. It's a verse of scripture I use to teach all the time about the message and the impact of I work for him. It's a Crown Ministries memory verse. And, and it was a New American Standard, I think, when we had to memorize it for that. But it was, do your work heartily as to the Lord for it dot, 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 for it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. And I always give that example that, you know, when Darth Vader walked into the, to the battleship, people looked at him and they, they said, yes, Lord Vader, yes, Lord Vader. But yet when Christ is in our life, often we're telling him, 
No, we're, I'm too busy. No, it's inconvenient. No, I'm not going to do it. Nobody would ever say to Lord Vader, sorry, dude, I'm kind of busy right now. Come back later. But to Jesus Christ, we do that all the time. But we're supposed to do our work heartily with passion each and every day as if we're working directly for the Lord because we are. That I was having a conversation with a pastor this week from a large church north of Tampa Bay but still in Tampa Bay. And I'm not going to name the church because I don't want to get him in trouble or anything like that. Anyway, but we had a great conversation about his desire to really bring in a workplace ministry within his church, a, a place where business owners, business leaders can come and be challenged in their faith. And what we talked about is that it's a very difficult thing to do within churches. For some reason, Pastors and and people in charge of churches really don't understand the specificness of needing to equip Christ-following business leaders, business owners, really specifically to look at their workplace. They're the pastor. They're the minister in their workplace. If they're a business leader, if they're a business owner, they're the pastor. We need to really be equipping these people, and they need to be surrounded by other people that have the same kind of struggles on how do I apply my faith to my workplace? How do I apply my faith to my P&L, my balance sheet, my receivables, my payables? Yeah, it it is a very specific need, just like... um, Maybe moms of preschoolers. I mean, take that for example. When a mom is raising a preschooler and a church sees need the one. need for that, we've had them. We, <laughs> they're all grown up now. Can borrow one someday. <laughs> I miss my grandkids. Oh, I know. All right, sorry. Okay. Mothers of preschoolers. Moms, as you're saying. Mothers of preschoolers. Well, that's very specific. When a mom is raising preschoolers, she does not want to hear about the teenage years. She does not want to hear about them leaving for college. She needs to be ministered to right where she's at in how to mother that preschooler. And the same specific example of business leaders, they need specific encouragement and Bible study and training to help them where they're at right now in their business and how to incorporate Christ in all those areas and be challenged by other people. Just like you do with mops, you hear a story from a mom and how she tried a new discipline technique and it worked. And so you're going to try it and see how it works for you. The same thing with these business leaders. We all need to hear the testimony of somebody who has been able to implement something in their business and it's been successful. And that's what we do every month with Business His Way. We want to open up, and that's what I offered to this pastor. I said, listen, let us help you start a, a workplace ministry at your church. Let us help by starting up a Business His Way within your church to gather your business leaders and business owners and just start discipling them. And then we'll hand it off to you because that's what we love to do across Tampa Bay. Let's start doing discipleship ministries specifically aimed at how do I apply my faith to my business life? Because people, you need to dot the I's and cross the T's for people. People just don't figure it out. And honestly, until June of this year, I had never, ever heard a sermon at any church I've ever been to. And I've been drugged to church long before I came to Christ. In 49 years, I've heard one series on my workplace is my mission field. One series. How many Sundays are there in 30 49 years. Joe, you can figure that one out. How many? I mean, the calculator. Well, 50 times 50. 50 times 50, 2,500. 2,500 sermons. I've only heard (laughs) six on, hey, my workplace and my mission field. Yet the majority of us go to work every day. 
You're very passionate. About I am passionate about this. <laughs> Pastors, step up to the game. You got people there who love the Lord. They just need to know how to do it. And if you don't know how to do it because you didn't grow up in business because you've been a pastor, no problem. There are those of us out here in the Tampa Bay. There's C12. There's Truth at Work. There's Convene. There's Business His Way. We can help you start up a ministry to specifically deal with the issues that your Christian business owners, Christian business leaders, Christian employees are dealing with each and every day. How do we do it? Well, I work for him. We talk about it every day. That's right. And in, and just learning new and different ways and the different people that we talk to and the testimonies that we hear and the wonderful, wonderful resources of different books of um, that people have done studies or they've written a story of their life or how something that happened in their business has impacted and made a difference for Christ. Uh, those are all great ways that we just are learning ourselves and showing it to other people. So it's really exciting that we can do that. And, you know, that was making me think, though, too, that um, sometimes when we're going through a crisis in our life, we go to our pastor and we say, hey, I need help. I'm going through a divorce or I'm um, broke and I don't have a job. And our and our pastor can minister to us there. Maybe. We can because go. Because he hasn't gone through a divorce. Okay, but but... But there's, they can find a resource for somebody to help them with that situation. What I was going to say is that we can go to our pastors and let them know what we need. Just Absolutely. because we're not in crisis doesn't mean that we um, don't have a need. And our pastor may not know that we have a need. And so to go to him and say, you know what, I really feel that we have a void in our congregation in this area. And I, I think it's a very valid need and we need biblical teaching or whatever it might be, and make the pastoral staff aware that that you're feeling that need. Don't just assume that they know it because they, they, you know, that they have a tough job. They need to be all things to all people. And boy, that's, you know, that's unrealistic, really. 2,548 sermons in my lifetime and only six on my workplace is my mission field. That's what we're trying to do. If your church is open to the idea but just doesn't know how to get started, we'll help you. You know, Martha and I own a business called Trust Services, and we, between Trust Services and I work for him, we've come together, we have business his way, and we are very willing to come into your church and help you get this ministry started. Just let us know. Sorry, that wasn't where we planned on taking I Work For Him radio roundtable on Friday, but <laughs> I, I, this conversation I had was so exciting. I'm like, I'll do anything I can to help a church do this because, you know, you take an average church, let's just say there's 300 members. You might have 10% of them that are business owners. So that's 30 people. Well, if you get a church of 2,000, it could be 200 people. I mean, it could be a ton of people. Well, we're not really just talking business owners either, No, we're though, talking because, business leaders. and Yes. I mean, there's all different levels. And that's what, you know, somebody was pointing out to us that business his way is really for right now. Our intention is the business owner or the the high leadership who makes decisions and can guide the organization. That's what you meant. But I work for him as a radio show is for all of us that are in the workplace. Correct. And that's everybody that does either is a Christ follower or as you like to call them, a pre-Christian that is hopefully learning what this looks like. And there is no one way that this looks like. We just are all taking it and applying it to our workplace and to our individual staff. You know, I hadn't noticed that number 10 was a question from a listener that said, how can I encourage my pastor to do a better job of equipping all of us workplace believers? Here's the deal. When you come to a pastor with an idea, They don't want to hear it because they don't have any more time to take the ideas. If you come with an idea, be prepared to say, and pastor, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to lead this. I'm willing to help get this started. 
And, and, and you know why? Because you've got a resource right here at I Work For Him. We're here and ready to help you. So go ahead and volunteer. I mean, it, the, the stuff is out there. There are, I have read 75 or 80 workplace ministry books in the last three years, as well as probably another 150 books just on faith and, and how we can impact our faith. There's so many great resources out there. We're ready to help you and help equip your church. Our goal is not to have a hundred Christ following business owners in Tampa Bay. Uh, and I'm, our goal is to have a, 100,000 Christ-following business owners, leaders, and employees in Tampa Bay. Because if you had 100,000 people living their faith in the workplace, Tampa Bay will never be the same, and it will impact the world. Why? Because everybody in the whole cotton-picking, stinking world wants to come to Florida. Everybody wants to come to Florida. Everybody. I mean, I think, what did they say? In, in and out of Tampa Bay, uh, out of St. Pete Airport, it's 165,000 people a week fly into St. Pete Airport. That is a lot of We people. touch those people. Yeah. We, we clean their cars. We change their oil. We clean their beds in their hotels. We do all these great stuff. Let's bring our faith to the workplace. Mm-hmm. But we need to be getting people ready for it in church every Sunday. I love that you said that because um, it, not only impacting the people, but impacting the um, the level of customer service, the level of the quality of the product. Because if you're doing it like our... Um, uh, Alec here that called in earlier, used the word diligent. If you are doing your work diligently, if you're doing it as to the Lord, you're going to do it the best way possible. So all of a sudden people are going to be like, wow, the service in the Tampa Bay area, everywhere I go, it's wonderful. And maybe that could be a reflection back to Christ. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? If people come up to you and say, hey, why are you doing such a good job? You say, hey, I work for him. Simple. It's simple. You know, we should sell shirts. People could wear that as a shirt. We should do that on our website. Uh, Martha, we have talked today uh, about some great things, but I think the biggest thing was people that have made mistakes in their behavior in their workplace, you know, not not giving up and running away, but really just saying, okay, I'm going to turn a new leaf tomorrow. And it's, it's not a New Year's resolution. Do it tomorrow, so it's not New Year's, but to do it with a step of faith and to go back and apologize and put yourself on record, hold yourself accountable by telling people, listen, my life's been impacted by Christ. I want to live a different life. Please forgive me. I want to change what I've done. What did you learn today on I Work For Him as we learned, as we try to take the city for Jesus Christ? What did you learn? You know, we learned today that our faith can impact our workplace by just being intentional. Alec here shared, hey, I just want to be intentional and diligent in my workplace and and use that as an example using Colossians 3.23 and 24. Do your work heartily or do your work with diligence because people will, will notice and they'll say, hey, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? You're making me look bad. And you say, listen, I work for him. It's made a huge difference in my life. Each and every day we're given an opportunity to be a witness for Christ in our mission field, our workplace, remembering that we may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. We need to take this very seriously. Why? Because the enemy takes it very seriously. The enemy is looking for ways to trip you up. The enemy is looking for ways to distract your coworkers and employees so that they fail to see the hope that you have in Jesus. Each and every day we've got that opportunity to share that in our workplaces. I'm going to... I... I'm a business owner. I don't know why I'm struggling with this, but you know what? Ultimately, I I work work for for him. him.